and welcome back. It's been quite some time. <laughs> I've taken off on my eat, pray, love journey, and I've been traveling for the past two months. And now that I've settled in, yes, it took two months to settle in and it's almost over, so perfect. <laughs> but now I've settled into the long-term travel energy. I really wanted to get back to creating the podcast. Um, I truly love meeting and chatting with all the amazing people that have taken the time to sit down and talk with me, so I wanted to keep that going. And that includes the conversation I was able to be a part of with Ivy Wineglass, a ceramic artist from New York. All right, enough about me and my journey. Let's dive in. Today, we're looking at what it takes to be a ceramic artist, what a day-to-day looks like, how to even get in the field. We'll start by doing what I think it takes. We'll head straight down the Google rabbit hole, and then we'll get the opportunity to talk with the professional. So what do I think it takes to be a potter? To me, it feels like a person who works with clay, which is obviously an element of the earth, has to take some inspiration from nature itself and all the nature around us. With the creative field in my head, it also comes with the faith within themselves and their vision to create something beautiful and be confident in that beauty. It also goes hand in hand with determination and self-discipline to keep creating, maybe even on the days where you don't feel quite inspired. As we all know, that's just a few of my thoughts, but let's see what the internet has to say. I wanted to start with looking at the requirements. You know, what does it take to get your foot in the door? And then we can make our way over into what a day in the life looks like. And that brought us to the first stop, theartcareerproject.com, becoming a regularly visited site on this podcast. And they bring us back to the basics, like what the hell even are ceramics, which is probably the place I should have started, but... Anyways, uh, ceramics are objects that include figurines, tiles, vases, vases, whatever you call them, bowls, etc. There are a few different methods to making these ceramics, including using a potter's wheel, plaster molds, or even hand building. Listen, I've taken a few pottery classes myself, and I truly thought that it'd be something that I could pick up in a few classes. Um, Boy, was I wrong. Every one of these techniques proves to be difficult. But you can learn yourself, taking a class, self-taught, although formal education can be helpful to starting your career, according to this article. The majority of ceramic artists work as freelancers, working in their studios to create and design their own pieces, maybe even creating a collection to sell online, opening their own store, or working with retail stores to get their art on the shelves. Well, let's take a look at what a day looks like for a ceramic artist. Looking through a few blogs... It seems that a person, it's a personal choice. How you use the work day, whether you're a night owl or a morning bird, do you have a leisure morning or do you head straight to the studio? Is your studio in your home or down the street in a different location? But one thing that seems necessary for most is to have a schedule to allot a certain amount of time each week to creating. All right, enough of the blogs and the Google sources. Let's start talking to the professional. Welcome to the podcast, I Think I Found My Calling, where we take a deep dive into all the beautiful things the world has to offer in terms of passions and careers. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with the creative at heart, once working as a pro pro stylist, production designer, set designer, and now getting her hands dirty as a ceramic artist. Please welcome to the Zoom studio, New York's Ivy Wineglass. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. This is my first podcast ever, so... uh pretty excited. I put on makeup and then I was like, 
wait, no, never mind. <laughs> so, it makes me feel good though, you know. Yeah, like, I was like, feel yeah. like you're ready. <laughs> I was like, I'm still wearing sweatpants, but like I do have a nice shirt and uh, makeup on for all yeah, the listeners of- out there. Just <laughs> of course, as Zoom has done to us, you know, always wearing exactly. sweatpants, <laughs> but professional at the top. Yeah, I'm not gonna wear hard pants on Zoom. Are you kidding of me? It's gotta be soft pants. <laughs> I love it. Um, I thought we could start with your own short personal introduction. Um, Just tell us about yourself. Yeah, Uh, my name is Ivy Wineglass. I currently live in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, uh, in the same apartment I've lived for 10 years, uh, which feels crazy to think about. Um, I am originally from Manhattan, New York City. I grew up there until I was about, I think it was 10 or 11, and then we moved to Los Angeles. And then the second I was out of high school, I moved right back here and went to NYU. Hated LA, sorry. Sorry, LA, <laughs> hate it you. seems to be a common <laughs> conception for LA. I feel like everyone moves yeah. in and moves out. <laughs> you know, I was I was just a very uh, tender preteen who did not want to move. So it was, it was, it was a hard challenge. Uh, and I also never learned how to drive when I was there in silent protests. So I just took the bus <laughs> everywhere, which is not great in LA. Uh, I was like such a New York kid that I was like, I am not gonna drive. Uh, <laughs> anyways, now actually now I'm like, oh, LA is not too bad. Maybe I should go hang out there more. But anytime I go, I'm like, oh, uh, two two days, three days is enough for me. Uh, but I came back and went to NYU, and I kind of like graduated with like a degree in like marketing ish. It was like what it was. The school was called Gallatin, which is like choose your own, choose your own adventure, basically. School. So I was like kind of marketing. I wanted to work in magazines, um, but they didn't exist really anymore when I graduated. Yeah. Um, so I started working for like I was in music marketing for a while. Um, I worked for um, a radio station for a little bit, and then I lost my job there, and I kind of just fell into uh, like like styling. I was a stylist assistant um, for many years, fashion, and then I got into prop styling. I did that for many years, both um, full-time and freelance, um, mainly assisting, uh, but I definitely did a few on my own as a freelance and kind of realized maybe that wasn't the uh, main job that I was going to do in my life, but it was, it was great. And I kind of got me um, like, like I understood objects, you know, like I, I had never like considered an object before, um, yeah. styling, you know, and that, so I was like, a bowl is amazing and can completely change everything. You know, it's not just a functional thing. It can be this, this beautiful work of art. Um, and so I feel like that kind of like pushed me into ceramics in a way, cause I never had considered ceramics other than just like, here's a mug, here's a plate. And then I was like, no, it is, that is art and it can be art. Um, so as I was still prop styling, I uh, took a ceramic class. My parents got me a ceramic class for my birthday one year and I was just so bad at it that I had to conquer it. Um, and that is how my business started. <laughs> like I have to, I have to be better than what I am at this. And I spent every, waking moment at the ceramic studio um but yeah I guess I kind of just went into my my whole story I thought you know not just like <laughs> I live in Brooklyn no I love uh, it yeah 
so that is kind of how I got my start um, and a bit of like just my life, I guess. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I feel like the fun thing of so far about doing these podcasts is like you do learn a different appreciation for like different elements of things when you're like learning yeah. about some, like a different, when you see it in a different light, when you see it in a different perspective. Yeah. No, working in prop styling, I was like, oh, if you literally just put like the shape, like the side of a bowl into an image, it will completely change the image and make it just so perfect and balanced. Yeah. And it's, like I thought of like functional like pieces as like artwork, you know, like it just was, it was this way of thinking that I had never done before. Um, I had never looked at, you know, I, you, you look at a cup and you're like, this is a cup. But when you put it in, in like a still, you know, photography, it is, it, it, it takes up space. It is a shape. It is a curve. It is a light. It, you know, it, it can yeah. be everything. And so I had never, ever, my brain just hadn't gone there before. And I, it, it basically like opened up my mind to a whole new world and, yeah. uh, you know, ceramics was part of that. So. I love that. I love that. That was the inspiration behind it. Honestly, it's like a really fun yeah. story. Yeah. Um, it seems like you've been a creative, like throughout your entire life and you've been like working yeah. in creative fields what did it was it like a natural calling for you like how did you get started yeah. being in creative fields? I um I so I'm an only child and growing up in Manhattan my parents like very cool people um would always take me to like restaurants and bars when they were hanging out with their friends and they would just plop me down in a booth with like a pen and paper and I would just draw for hours um as an only other only child can understand like you can literally yeah. entertain yourself for hours <laughs> with like one piece of paper and a pen uh so I I had always drawn in high school I was really really into fine arts and college too but I would say high school is where I really um that was like the height of it. I guess in college, I kind of just got into, you know, being a college student. Um, yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I really, I'd always drawn, I was really into charcoal drawings, fine arts. Um, and then kind of as I got more into my twenties and stuff, I was really into different crafts. Um, I've always been into sewing. I've always, uh, I like to say that uh, me and my friends literally started the skinny jean movement by taking all the bootcut jeans what we thrifted uh in like the early 2000s before skinny jeans were a thing and we and I used to I used to sew them up the back so that they like fit our like legs like so skinny and perfectly and like made just for us and so I, I really I think I started that I think I started that trend so I'll give you the credit thank you thank you no one likes to give me the credit for that but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was me um yeah. but but yeah, so I've always really been into crafts. I've loved sewing. Um, I took like a, you know, a few like fashion design classes, but I'm more into just like winging it uh, at home, basically. You know, I'm not yeah. like, I don't need to make a, make like a perfect pattern. I, uh, a lot of my work just in general over all the different crafts, uh, I have zero interest in perfection. So sometimes taking these classes, I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't need that part. Like, let me just give me the yeah. like, general gist of it and I'll like go off on my own. So I, I kind of was working my way through all these different crafts. At that point I was into embroidery. I got into quilt making. I actually had this like very fun, like quilt art show, um, like I don't know, 10 years ago or something. And, um, yeah, and so I was kind of working my way through these crafts and then it it just hit me that like, and also ceramics were having like this like huge boom, basically. It felt like everyone was doing ceramics and I was like, 
that's a craft I've ne you know never done other than like an elementary school um where you like put your hand in a yeah. piece of the clay fish exactly yeah so <laughs> I was like you know let me let me try that I was also going through a horrendous breakthrough at the uh, breakup at the time so I was just like I need something to do uh, basically so I don't just sit and cry at home um so it was like kind of like this perfect storm of like working my way through different crafts needing a place to like a safe space to just work through my emotions and feelings and um something that I wasn't good at uh which is I'm not saying that I'm always good at everything, but like a lot of crafts and a lot of art comes naturally to me. Having a craft that I had to work really hard at was the most like invigorating, exciting thing in the whole world. Uh, so I feel like that really helped me just like, like buckle in, you know, like I am yeah. I'm in this for the long run. I need to get better. Um, and so that kind of is like how the like the ceramics started. Um, I still do all the crafts. I like actually during the pandemic, I went through a huge, like, make my own clothing, like phase, I was making jackets, I made a pair of pants, never made a pair of pants before. Um, so that I've been like, now that ceramics is my job, I can have hobbies. You know? yeah. So, yeah. so it's been that's been, it's been fun to rediscover those things, um, like hobbies and different crafts again, too. Yeah, I am on I'm definitely on the make your own clothes TikTok. Yeah. where I like oh, see everyone like making things out of blankets and I really want to dive into it but it feels a little intimidating no no that's not, like that's my first jackets was like this old, my first jacket I ever made was this old blanket that my roommate my old roommate had left here and it was like kind of like moth eaten and I was just like I'm gonna I'm just gonna cut it up and make yeah. it into a jacket and it turned out so cool and like I gave it to my friend she said people stop her on the street and I was like you know that's like the oldest blanket in the world but like it's so fun so just yeah finding like an old blanket of yours where you're like, I can live without this as a blanket and just go. Just, I, you yeah. know what the best, I go on Etsy and you can download patterns that you can just print out okay. and cut out and make into a pattern. And it's such a genius way of getting a pattern, you know? And then yeah. from there, once I got a little like better at understanding, I would then sort of make my own patterns from these other patterns being like, you know what? I want the like the neckline to be different or something, you know, and yeah. then you can kind of play with it that way. But it's a good if base you're like, yeah, yeah, get a base and then you can kind of go from there. Love that. I also yeah. love that you mentioned that you, you're not a perfectionist. Like you don't, no. you don't think that like the work has to be perfect, which I feel oh like, God. I feel like that's probably something people struggle with when doing art is because you're like presenting yeah. something and being vulnerable with it. So you want it to be this like perfect masterpiece. So I like that you, you're throwing it out there. You're just saying like, this is what yeah. I've created and this is me. And that's really great. Yeah. And I'm just like, I kind of am a very big believer in if something's handmade, it should be handmade. It should like, you should be able to see the handmade aspect of it. You should yeah. see, you should see like with clay, you should see the thumbprint or you should see the, like the way that my hand moved around it. Um, and I mean, I, everyone has different thoughts on that. That's just my personal opinion. I, if something is handmade and if something is basically one of a kind, you know, every single one of my pieces yeah. though technically looks, you know, I have collections of things that look the same. Each one is one of a kind there. You'll never get another one exactly the same. I want, I want the, you know, the handmade aspect. I want the artisan aspect of it. That is what I think makes it special. And so 
also I think like the the strive for perfection is just ridiculous you know who says something's yeah. perfect you know who like impossible who is the person? yeah who, but it's just like who is the person that like is like yes this is perfection I think that's insane you know if yeah if you like it if it is if it feels good to you then it's perfect to you um yeah and if somebody else you know and I've I've had people be like oh this is too handmade for me and I go okay that's fine it's that's not your style like that's that's totally okay I'm not going to take that yeah. personally if like if this mug is too handmade for you but that <laughs> And this is what I do, you know? So right. I, and I really, I, yeah, I've always been that way. I've never, I've never felt the need to uh, have something be so buttoned up and tight and perfect. Um, and it just, the freedom that that gives is just the best feeling in the world, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Probably when you're like, when you're creating something and you don't have, you know, that like, whatever it is, is going to be beautiful because it is what it is, is probably really freeing yeah. when creating. Exactly. Something. Yeah. And it like, and it stops you from like going crazy. I mean, yeah. you know, I trust me, I've had my moments where it's like, I'll like make something and be like, oh shit, I'm, you know, selling this to a store. Is it good enough? you know, everybody has those moments, but like the second that you like take a step back and be like, it's good enough because I made it and it's, right. and I think it's good enough and I'm proud of it and they love it. You know, it's like, I find that we are our own worst critics. You can look at something and you can Absolutely. see all the imperfections. And then someone is looking at it saying, this is so perfect and amazing. And like, I've grown from that, seeing that and learning from that being like, oh, what I see is so different than what someone else sees. Yeah. They see it as this whole, you know, this this thing, and I see it for all of its little imperfections. And I just like erase that from my mind, being like, no, I don't need to see it for its imperfections. I can see it as a whole, you know. Yeah, definitely a good mentality to sort of like take up when be, being a creative artist. Yeah, um, and definitely. I'm sure being your own boss because you're doing your own uh, business, and I'm sure it has you have many projects going on and many different things, but what does this sort of like day in the life uh, look like for you when you're like trying to, I know projects probably vary, but what does it look like yeah. regularly, maybe a week in the life? Like what are your tasks yeah. that you kind of go through? Um, so it's kind of like, it depends on where I am in the sort of production schedule. Um, before the pandemic, I had a pretty healthy um, wholesale side of my business. Where I wholesale to stores and companies and stuff like that. And then the pandemic happened and that kind of just went by the wayside because um, a lot of stores yeah. were closing or closed. And then, and then since then, I kind of was just like, I am so much happier not doing wholesale. Uh, so I've pretty much cut wholesale out almost 100%. I will still do occasionally things here and there. So it's when I had my wholesale it was a lot different because I was juggling wholesale and then online sales but now I'm just focusing on online sales uh and sort of hopefully starting to do more in-person things again we'll see uh but so it it looks different now because it's truly now on my own schedule when I was doing wholesale I would have to be like okay this store needs this in one month and so I would have that schedule now I kind of every I would say three months to four months I have a big collection uh, that I sell on my website so in those three months let's say I am working on that collection um, and I kind of do whatever collection feels right for me at that moment um, and that is 
a new thing for me too. I would, you know, before I would try and do a little of everything to make everybody happy. And now it's kind of like, no, I'm going to make myself happy because it makes the work better, you know? And I think yeah. it like, it, the work benefits from me choosing what I want to do. And that's why I kind of love doing these collections. Um, so I also have um, a collection that I always, the Canyon collection that I always sell online. So you can always buy that made to order. So I have, I have stock of that stuff, but working on a collection, say, okay, so a week in the life, say I'm in production mode, which means I am just making work. Um, I, I work Monday through Friday, pretty much. I always take weekends off. Um, so this Saturday, I have to like go in and glaze because I'm on a little bit of a time crunch, you yeah. know, but then I'm also like taking the rest of today off, you know, I'm going to go meet my friend right. for lunch and then, <laughs> you know, we'll see what's going to, maybe I'll go shopping. I don't know. Um, so, but I do try and work Monday through Friday. Um, I try and get into the studio. I work best in the mornings um, or like the early, early afternoon. So I try and get in the studio between nine and 10, usually 1030, honestly, by the time I get there. Um, yeah. And then I work straight. I don't really ever take a lunch. I bring my lunch. I just work straight through lunch, eat while working. Um, and I'd say I work until like three or four. I, I really, I don't work that late. I don't, I, I just, I don't work very well in the, the evening or, or at night. So I, I find that if I work really hard for like a five hour period, six hour period, it's just, that's my best, the, yeah. my best time is then. Um, I like to get into a rhythm. I hate stopping and starting. I hate having to cover things and go back to it. So I, I prefer just to kind of work in this continuous motion. So I, on those days that I'm producing, you know, I'm just in the studio I'm working and listening to like a million podcasts. Uh, if anyone has any recommendations, DM me on Instagram. <laughs> I really am struggling on some podcasts. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I just come home, cook dinner, watch TV. It's just, you know, life is kind of like that during the week where I'm just focusing, just trying to make as much products, but in the slowest way possible, if that makes sense, you know, like I'm not trying to rush anything but I'm trying to just be as productive as possible. Um, and then there are some weeks when I'm completely unproductive and I'm, I just don't know what I've done. And I just, I, you know, try not to get down on myself for those weeks. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it really, it changes week from week. And then if I'm in a, a glazing sketch, you know, week where it's like I'm bisking, glazing, you know, that has a different rhythm. And then if I'm in a, you know, if the sale is next week, I'm photographing, I'm uploading everything, I'm measuring everything. And then if I'm shipping, then that's a whole new story. Yeah. So it kind of like week by week kind of changes depending on where I'm at in the production schedule. Uh, yeah. Do you do like um, everything at once? Like if you're, so you do all your glazing for a collection at one time. So you're kind of like make, or do you do complete a, a piece? I can, I basically, I make, basically, I have about two weeks worth of work per kiln. Um, like, so I'll do two okay. weeks worth of production work. And then like my shelves are pretty much filled. I can't make any more. I let it dry. I biscuit, it, I glaze it, and then I put it on the other shelf. And then I start another two week, like Got two it. week process. So that's about, I, I would say about two and a half to three, two and a half months of like continuously making stuff every two weeks and then firing and glazing it the following week and then starting yeah. again um, so that I have, you know, I, I try and make as much product as possible. I don't like to go longer than like 
three months per collection just because I also, you know, if I, li- I have a New York studio. It's small. I don't have that much, you know, space. Right. So at some point I'm like, I have to just sell this so I can make other stuff. And also, you know, then it's been like three, you know, three months since I've have had a paycheck. So it's like, right. I have to sell it. Right. So it kind of, it ebbs and flows. And there are times when it's like a little longer. There's times when I'm like, oh, I got to Let's do a small collection, get it out of here, make some money, and then go on to the next one. Um, yeah. But I'm really trying to uh, create more of a, a structure. I say this every year. I'm like, I'm going to be so organized this year, so structured. Every single year. And every year, I'm like, you know, November comes, I'm like, what, what have I done? Like, what happened? What is so, yeah. So, you know, we'll see. I don't know. 2022 could be the yeah. year. It is. It's the year. We're manifesting it. We'll see. I don't know. I'm already like, oh God, it's March. What's happening? I know. It happened so quickly. I've been mm-hmm. shocked. January felt like an entire year's worth in one month I and then agree. February gone. So yeah. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. We should probably just take February out. It doesn't even have the correct number of days. Like... <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I don't know what I did. I do not what I know. I did in February. So yeah, I'm fine with, I'm fine with just forgetting that month. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes. Also back to the podcast. If anyone does have any recommendation, very into it. I also run out of them when you're like listening to them all the time, you just like quickly catch up and then you're like, what do I do? Literally like I listen like five hours a day of podcasts. Yeah. I don't even listen to music anymore. I don't know why. I'm like, I just need podcasts. But like, yeah, I've I, I listened to every podcast there is. I love true crime. Listen to them all. Like, yeah, I've same. gone back <laughs> into like 2015 of a podcast. And I'm like, okay, I'll listen to all of these. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's done. It's horrible. You know, I'm, like, yeah. I'm dying here. I need more. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, also talking about like, you're creating collections and also when you were doing wholesale I feel like probably it relates a lot to wholesale too did you ever find yourself in like a creative block because you were creating something that maybe wasn't true to what you were feeling in that moment and how do you sort of overcome those to finish the product yeah I I mean I would say that's the single hardest thing about making a creative passion into a business is having to be creative on demand, basically. Yeah. Like that's what it is. Um, there are times when I am not feeling creative and actually my body is rejecting creativity. Like I will break everything in a week, you know, just because my body, I'm not in the, I'm not in the mood, I'm not in the zone. And you have to be like, and you have to power through, especially when it came to like wholesale. Um, I would get these orders and be like, I'm really not in the mood to make this specific vase and I have to make 20 of them. Right. And you would just have to do it. You know, I, I would just buckle in and say, okay, this is my job. I told them I would do this. I'm going to do it. And I think that I, I really, I flamed out on wholesale for that reason. Also wholesale is complicated because you only get 50% of what the product is worth, but then you'll get these huge orders. So you're like, I have 500 pieces to make, but I'm only, you know, my, the work that yeah. I'm making. Also the, the specific work that I make is so foolish to do wholesale. I mean, I would say like 90% of it is so foolish to do wholesale because it takes so long. It is so time consuming. It is so labor intensive um, that like, it just is not, it's not financially worth it uh, per piece. Right. 
you know, unless it's a huge order, but then even that huge order is like, oh my God, I have to make 500 mugs. Like the most I can make in a day is 10 tops, you know, and that's like not yeah. even attaching the handles. That's just creating everything. And then the next day I attach the handles. Um, that's just the reality. And, you know, the younger me, cause I, you know, I think I've been doing this for like seven years. So I'm definitely at the seven year itch right now with this, <laughs> this business. Um, but yeah, the younger me had the hustle and had the uh, desire to do it because I was growing and I was expanding. And then uh, the new me, which I would definitely say was brought upon by the pandemic, yeah. uh, has slowed down and said, no, I'm not, I'm not working on the weekends. I'm not working past five because I literally turned into a pumpkin and like can't do anything yeah. after 5 p.m. other than like think about dinner. Um, and yeah. I just, you know, I, I think of my work in a much different way than I used to. And I think of my business in a much different way um, than I used to because of those things, because of the creative block. And because I really, really have found that slowing down and listening to myself uh, in those moments is actually the most important thing. And my work suffers when I don't. Yeah. Uh, so I've found that like, by if I am having a creative block, which I always do, it's, it's, it is a constant thing. It's not just like once a year I have a creative block. It's really hard. It is really hard to be creative on demand. It is really, really hard to come up with a new product when you're like my work, like this is art, this isn't a product, but it, I've forced it to be because it's now my business. It's really, it is a really difficult place sometimes. Um, it's also a wonderful place because sometimes just the simple act of being like, I have to just keep trying forces yeah. you to find the, a, a new idea and a new, something you never thought of before. Um, like you just have to like kind of hammer away at it sometimes. Uh, and that can be a horrible thing. It can feel really bad in the moment, but uh, the product and the, the, the art that comes out of that can be really amazing because um, you probably wouldn't have gotten there that quickly or you maybe at all if you hadn't just said I'm just gonna I just have to keep going in I have to keep trying I have to just I have to play you know if you think yeah. of it as play which I try to um, if I'm having just like a bad day where I just I'm like I don't want to make anything that I've made before I just play and like 100% of the like things that I make are horrible but there's yeah. always like one little thing in it where I'm like oh, I think I can go from there and then like the next week I'll go from that little piece like to that little tiny corner of something and be like I think there's something there I'm gonna play with and then kind of spitballs from there yeah yeah <laughs> no, definitely. like it forces you because at times if this wasn't your job then you would be able to be like I'm not feeling creative today I'm not going yeah. to create and since you have to it kind of like brings out the creative juices as you're going yeah. because you're just like you're doing what you know and you know eventually yeah. that will lead somewhere which yeah, is and you're 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 forced to expand you're forced to think outside of a, a different box than you normally mm -hmm. would and yeah if this wasn't my job I'd put it down and like not show up for three weeks and be like then right. after three weeks Ooh, I'm, I miss it I'm gonna go play you know but like now like no no you gotta go like every day you know <laughs> yeah take, take a day or two off that's fine you know but like after that then you're like well you know I'm spending yeah. money I'm not making so I gotta figure something out you know so it's definitely it is it kind of like it lights the fire under your creative ass basically yeah yeah <laughs> which is a good and a bad thing to be honest absolutely 
Um, and I guess you kind of touched on a few things that you would probably tell you like hearing yourself, but do you have any advice overall for someone who's getting into the field? Um, any like big mistakes you made or things that you, you know, wish you knew before starting? Um, if someone's getting into a creative field, uh, or just ceramics in general as a business, get your business shit figured out before you start. Cause I started as a hobby I was still working freelance and I was like, mm, I'll make this. And like, I had a, I had a friend who had a store and she like sold it there. And then it just sort of spiraled from there. I did not have any of the business stuff under control. I did not organize anything. I didn't have, you know, I didn't know if I should be a sole proprietor or an LLC. I didn't know what that meant for the first two years of my yeah. business. You know, it's like, and I'm constantly pay, playing catch up from that. I think I'm caught up. I have an amazing accountant who helps me with everything. Um, but I would say if, if you want your creative endeavor to be a business, like be the business first, the creativity, you know, is there because you're, you're mm -hmm. doing it, you know, you love it, but get really focused on the business stuff. Um, and just all the things that you feel like you just need to buckle up, do it or find someone to help. Finding an accountant, paying that accountant money has been the single greatest uh, thing that I've done for my business because yeah. I tried to do it on my own and it is not where my mind is at. It is not what I thrive in. Um, I can be a bit of like an ostrich where I'm like, I'm stressed about this. I'm just going to turn away from it. I've gotten yeah. a lot better at that. Um, and I really face things head on, but that's because I have an amazing team with her where she can help me see where my finances are things that I should work on, um, taxes. I mean, you know, all that stuff, all the really boring stuff to us creatives, <laughs> buckle that up and then your creative business can thrive. You do not want to be playing catch up. You do not want to be feeling stressed. I felt stressed about it for so many years being like, I feel like I'm doing everything wrong. Am I going to be put in jail? You know, it's like, you don't want to feel that you want to be like, no, that stuff is good. It's handled. It's taken care of. I have a team or I ha I've figured it out on my own. And so I can just like, my brain can relax and I can work on the creative stuff. Yeah. That's, that is, that's my number one. <laughs> if you want, if you want to have a creative business, have a business first and the creativity will follow. Yeah. That's interesting because it seems like it seems for, for me, it's something that I, it's the opposite, right? I was like, oh, you know, you want to like have that creative side and like go after it. But like, it makes sense because if you're going to really turn it into a business, you need to have like your foundation set for like exactly. what the business will be. But and definitely you, me on TurboTax thinking I'm going to go to jail every time I do it. So I couldn't imagine yeah, doing yeah. a business. I mean, I, I have an amazing accountant every time I'm like, am I going to jail? And she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I don't know, I'm scared. Like, you know, like, um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you are a creative person who wants to work on this, the creativity is there. Like it's in yeah. your back pocket. You don't have, like, if you're not a creative person that wants to start in a creative world, then yeah, I would get your, I would start playing around with different mediums and idea like I'm talking from like a creative person wanting to start a business if you're not a creative person or, or historically not someone who's done creative passions learn like test everything try every yeah. single different medium like get excited find what you like find what you don't like and you're like oh I do not want to work with fiber ever like I hate yeah. fiber arts you know I only like um yeah it, like steel arts you know it's like like take classes, like get inspired, 
reach out to people. I mean, Instagram is a hellscape, but it's also an amazing place to like reach out yeah. to people that you're inspired by and excited by and like ask them questions and be like, where did you like, where did you take a class? Like find those things, find classes and stuff. Um, and so that, yeah. And then, then you can go from there. Um, but if right. you're already creative person trying to start a business, get that business foundation. If you're a not so creative person trying to find your creativity, take every class available, try like get inspired anyway, go to museums, go to libraries, like just, just try and get your mind into the like deepest, darkest, like places yeah. of creativity and find what feels good at the moment. And it can change. Like there's many times where I'm like, all right, what's my next, uh, what's my next job going to be? You know, what yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do? you know, it's like, where are we going it changes. Yeah, exactly. Um, what is a one thing that you were surprised to learn about being a ceramic artist, like that you didn't expect going in? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I didn't expect going, I mean, how much, uh, okay. So from the art point of view, how much, okay, this, I, I knew, but I'm constantly surprised at is how little I know, you know, it's like the world of ceramics is the yeah. most like expansive, amazing, lots of science, chemical stuff, a lot of creativity, like a lot of like different types of like soil and earth, like there is so much I don't know. And there is so much I am constantly learning, not just in terms of like the craft aspect of it, but like the actual, like what happens when you fire in a kiln, you know, it's like the different firing technique. It's just, there is so much I don't know. And that's kind of what drew me to it in the beginning. Cause I was like, I don't know anything. I, I have to, right. I have to learn this. Um, and here I am seven years later. I'm like, I don't know anything. I have to learn more. You know, it's, I, I took a class. Um, oh God, it was right before the pandemic. It was like, January 2020 um because I was like I'm not very good at wheel throwing at all I'm like I you know it's like not I'm a hand builder um but I'm I love wheel throwing and I can like definitely wheel throw but like I if if I made one amazing bowl I'd never be able to make this like one similar thing. for sure <laughs> I took a wheel class because I was like there is stuff I need to learn and it was great um and there's like so many more classes I want to take you know freaking pandemic just then yes. really messed a lot of things up because I had a lot of plans I had a lot of plans for both my business and for like my personal aspect of the business and like my business growing and one of them was to take more classes and also one of them was to I was teaching more classes I was getting into teaching okay. um but yeah so it's just like that I I I knew it but I'm constantly surprised every day about how little I know and how exciting that is to yeah to know that to know that you have so many so much more to learn and so much more to grow and uh like get excited about yeah it's exciting that it's something that you can grow with instead of feeling like you're like stagnant and like you knew oh, you've like yeah. learned the things if you feel stagnant then i you must be a genius you know I'm like <laughs> yeah. oh my god there's so much to learn so i uh i'm if, yeah <laughs> I, I don't think I could ever feel stagnant uh, at all. I mean, I could feel stagnant and then I could be like, oh, wait, like go learn that. And then you'll feel yeah, like yeah. deeply inspired to learn more and do more. Easily so. re-inspired. Yeah, exactly. We talked a little bit about like the creative block being quite challenging. So 
what would you say if that's it or if there's something different is the most challenging part of your job? Uh, being creative on demand is really challenging. Um, yeah. Also being my own boss is, I actually don't know if I'll ever be able to have a job where I have a boss, but it is so hard to be your own boss. Um, it, it makes, it makes your uh, private life have this sort of guilty twinge anytime you're not working mm. or if you're like, if I'm like, I'm taking a day, like I'm going to go meet my friend for lunch. I'm going to go do that every day, every moment I'm in, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like boss Ivy's just like, you asshole, you have shit to do, or you should be working harder. Uh, so that that little, like that little voice in the back of your head um, can really be a, a major bummer. Um, the key is to, to learn, you know, to compartmentalize, which I'm not great at. Uh, I've definitely learned how to be a lot better. And setting boundaries has been huge. Setting the, the weekend mm -hmm. boundaries, setting the time boundaries, knowing what my my um like knowing where I thrive and the times that I thrive though the way that I work best the way that I feel best has been huge um and so it's kind of been like <laughs> I have to be like HR and my boss to my yeah the same be like, <laughs> okay I gotta get this work done but like as HR like how are you feeling and like you know like what how could this job be better so finding yeah. uh, my multiple personalities is pretty rough sometimes but wearing yeah, all the exactly where I mean I wear every single <laughs> hat there's ever been I'm like social media manager I'm shipping coordinator I'm you know it's like everything um but I will say the like finding the balance the work-life balance and not letting um like that little nagging boss in the back of your head tell you that you shouldn't have a personal life or you shouldn't take time off or you shouldn't let your body rest or um that is finding that balance is really really hard and it's taken me years and years and I'm still I mean there's still days when I, it yeah. doesn't work you know it's not great but it's definitely it gets better and that's something to really work on and to have knowledge of yeah definitely it's probably I feel like we have such a productive society as well so like doing that and also trying to like follow your dreams and like all the added pressures probably add a lot to like that little voice in yeah. the head a lot more yeah it's like you know and, yeah and one time and you're like you know capitalism sucks and then you're like yeah but shit I have to do it you know here like, we are like I I don't have like generational wealth to fall back on you know yeah. it's like I have to work um and that uh that can be really that can be really hard sometimes to really to to feel pretty um drawn in these two directions um and that is you know if you have a job with a boss that you have these clear markers of when the day begins, when the day ends, when you leave, you don't think about your work. Yeah. Um, I do not have that. And having to draw that in the sand for myself is, is a, is a huge struggle. Yeah. yeah. Um, it seems like you've definitely also carved a little space out with like, with all of the work that you're doing, you have, are having some sort of success. So what would you, what advice would you give for someone trying to carve their place in a creative field? It's, I feel like it's a little more, at least from my understanding, a bit competitive, right? Like you're not competitive in a way, but like you have to really put yourself out there and put your work out there. Yeah. So what would your advice be for getting um, your work shown? I, I mean, 
if I'm being honest, Instagram has basically helped my business the most uh, in the early days. Let's not talk yeah. about like this new Instagram world that's actually ruining like my yeah, the, yeah. the uh, business. But like in the beginning when I was selling to stores, if they Instagrammed some of my pieces, uh, I would just get a huge influx of new followers, um, which helps business. You know, it's like yeah. more eyes on it. Um, now it's yeah, carving your little place and getting your your work shown. It as much as you want that, I think if you're starting out, just focus on your work. You know, like don't focus on thinking, oh, this is an Instagrammable product or this TikTok will love this. You know, it's just like, yes, that's, it's incredibly important. Trust me. I know as a business, it's important, but as a creative, it's not important. Um, You need to work on the work that feels the most you. Um, I find not following other like ceramicists incredibly helpful. Or if I have followed them in the past, I'll put them on um, mute, you know, on Instagram. So I don't see it. Cause like, you know, the hive mind is there. It's like, there is, there's a lot of cross contamination, which is fine and completely normal. And like, if somebody's like actually copying, you're like, okay, it most likely it's not a small ceramicist. It's a bigger corporation like Target or like something copying smaller. You don't see a lot of that cross contamination. Um, But just if you want to keep your mind free and clear of any sort of you know undue outside influence the medium that you're working in it's I I find it incredibly helpful for me to not follow the other ceramic artists but follow artists follow someone working in painting follow you know or just go to like the Met or any museum and look at like the like ancient Egyptian pots and you're like holy shit like people are doing this for thousands and thousands of years you get inspired there and um but like work on something that speaks to who you are and like the rest will follow I feel like I feel like people can sniff out when you're not being um genuine you know or if you're just like being like oh you know what's really trending is like you know cream colored bowls like and you just make a bunch of cream colored bowls like if it doesn't have your your thoughts or your you know what your heart is saying or what you want to say to this world like people can kind of you know can tell that or you know and so it's like if if it's something that like is like oh this is this is what I want to say through my work that also shows through um and so that I really try and just like I try and just sit with like myself and be like okay what like what do I want to say? Who, who am I? Like, what am I feeling? And sometimes it's as like simple as like, I want to go on a fucking road trip. And so then yeah. that's how the, my range collection started. Cause I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I want to go on a road trip and see some mountains and I'm stuck in stupid Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> let me make something that looks like a mountain range that I want to go see. And then like that exploded because it was just what I wanted that I wanted it so badly. I wanted to see that. Um, and so that, you know, that like, then that spiraled and that it's just one of those things where it's like if you are true to what you want to say or what you're feeling the rest will follow yeah I feel like in the life I've been recently learning that like as cliche it is as it is like the beauty comes from within like the energy yeah. that you are giving out to people and I feel like that's kind of like overflowing into your like work as a creative artist you're yeah it and comes from I within feel- and you gotta yeah 
And that's what I was saying earlier. It's like, I found myself, especially with wholesale, my work suffered. And yes, I was doing like the same like mug that I am doing now, but I could just tell it was different because my heart wasn't in it. I was just making it to make it. Um, yeah. Making because I had to make it, and now that it's like, when I do these collections, I'm like, I'm really excited. Like, I'm excited about making this mug. You can you can see it, you can feel it, or at least I can, and that makes it so much better for me. You know, it makes yeah. my life better. It makes my work better, um, and I hope people can also like feel it when they get the work. You know, it, it it's like imbued with that energy. You know? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Um, is there a lesson that like clay has taught you that you now just like kind of implement in your life? Oh yes. Clay forces you to slow down and learn patience. And I, you know, if you were to ask my parents what my, what my worst quality used to be is impatience. I used to be so impatient. I still am. I can be a little, a little impatient, but I will say that learning patience and learning how to slow down um has clay has taught me that a hundred percent you cannot rush it it will it will crack it will break it will be horrible if you rush anything mm-hmm. never rush clay you have to treat it with such respect um and you have to go by its rules you cannot take your rule and put it on that clay um and that's yeah. what I really learned and I'm I am I am a better person because of it I am a I love more that. patient more thoughtful, slower person because of it. Um, and I'm thankful for that every day. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like art's taught me that a little bit too. I actually didn't start doing art until way later, maybe in the last like five years, like painting and I still am just experimenting, but it definitely teaches you patience with, with anything, even like if you're like painting and you're trying to like put things on layer things on top of each other, like you have to wait for that to like dry. Like you can't just be like, it turns in brown. <laughs> no, know? exactly. It's like you you can't rush it. You just yeah. absolutely can't. It will not allow it. And uh and it's yeah. I I learn it I would say every few months I learn that lesson again cuz I'll be like, oh, "I could just do it real quick. It's fine." Or I'll like, yeah. you know, fast dry this. It doesn't work. It never works. You have to you know, it's nice to relearn a lesson that you technically know, but you're like, "Maybe this time it'll be fine." No, it's never you, yeah. you relearn it. It's a good thing. It's yeah. <laughs> very much it's it's great to learn that <laughs> yeah no it's a great life lesson to to yeah. like slow down honestly it's yeah. it's very helpful yeah I thought we could round it out with a few like funner questions like uh things that I like to ask uh we'll start off with one that's like what is your favorite technique when working with clay my favorite technique um so one that you I... use a lot yeah, I have I have a thing called Canyon Clay. It's like my Canyon collection, and it's where I layer different colored clays. Um, in Ooh. it's called Narakomi in Japan. It's called Agateware in England. It's 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 a technique where you layer different colored clays. Um, it can be used in very different ways. It can be incredibly precise, where you can create actual like. If you look up Narakomi, just you your mind will be blown. You cannot believe it. Um, and then like the agate where is a little bit more like trying to look like a, you know, an agate. Um, and so I, you know, took that and create, you know, did this Canyon clay, which is layering these different colored clays. And I would say that's the foundation of most of my work. Um, and it's the one that I love doing the most. And it's something that I 
before the pandemic, right before the pandemic, I was starting to teach workshops in it. Um, I do it, like I said, I am not about perfection. I do not care about things being perfect. So I do it in this really like fun, like, oh, you know, if you mess up, it's fine. We'll figure out, a, you yeah. know, it's like, it, it can be very loose and in, like exciting and invigorating. But then like, once you learn it, then you can like tighten it in. And so I feel like it has so many different ways for people to get excited about it. Um, and that's something I'm, I want to start teaching workshops with that more because it's, it's such a fun technique. It is so much fun to do. And you're just slapping things around, you're throwing it down, you're cutting it, you know, it's like, you can't go wrong basically with it. Um, no matter what you do, it's going to look cool. Uh, so that's something that I, I would say I do the most uh, in my work. And uh, it like has its it's like the foundation for a couple different ones of my collections. And then, you know, I have other collections that are different, but like it always has some of the canyon clay in there. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah. That seems like, a really just, I was like the, the shirt I'm wearing kind of has a, you know, it's like, it's oh, a yeah, straight, like, but like kind of has a canyon clay <laughs> vibe to it. <laughs> yeah. I've actually honestly never heard of that. And that's like, seems really funny. It feels like it brings a whole different element to it. Cause you can like see now you have like more, natural like earth colors and textures yeah. that you, you can want also, to reproduce you can tint different clays so if you want like a blue uh, clay oh. that you can tint clay and you can do that you know it's like it's so it is so versatile it's so fun um everybody just google agate wear google narakomi it's it is the coolest it's the coolest thing i am not an expert at either of those but that is the foundation of what I do you know it's like yeah. those those are that's how I like was like oh what's that I'm gonna I, I saw this agate wear teapot and I was like what is that how do I do that and then I like googled it I felt like a, down a YouTube hole of like agate wear and narrow I was like this is the coolest thing ever and yeah then, like the next week I was like oh, I'm obsessed you know it's so fun so yeah it's uh everyone should experiment with it it's really cool Ooh, but I'll have to I'll have to start experimenting a yeah. little um and a, another question that it's it's pretty it's a little abstract in the sense of like but I feel like it kind of tells about a person like what you need for the career is what's in your bag so what are you taking to the studio with you every day that like really helps you make it through? Um, I have uh, snacks, I need snacks, you know, like I'm, sure. I'm always hungry. Um, I I have to like, it, it, sometimes it feels like I have to eat every hour um, just to get through. It's like, my yeah. because I don't really take breaks while working. It's like, it's my little, like, I, I feel like a little like a lab rat where it's like, you did something, here's a snack. <laughs> you know? So I always pack my own, or I try and pack my own lunch, I would say like, four times a week I, I pack lunch um, and make sure I have a good little snack there. Uh, sometimes I'll go out and like, treat myself to a sandwich, yeah. but um, yeah, definitely in my bag has snacks. And then also my studio is half a block from my apartment. So if I forget anything, I can just run home. Walk back. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't really pack too much, you know? but I would definitely say food is the, the most important thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Have. The most rewarding to get you through. I, oh my god! If I get hungry, I'm like I can't work. I have yeah. to leave. Like, and You're then just if I leave, about it. if I leave the studio, I like lose momentum, and I'm like I don't need to go back till tomorrow. You know. So if I stay and I'm like in a bunker basically, and I have everything that I need, I'm good. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, I, I'm always bringing. My car is like full of snacks, so that like yeah. when I'm on my way home or on the way somewhere, I like just like munch. It's always. Yeah. I always need a I, snack. Like, I, I can't get caught not having a snack. I will yeah. panic. You know, I'm like no, I can't. Can't survive this. You know. <laughs> 
Um, looking through your art, it seems that it's like heavily inspired, you know, the mountains and the mushrooms and all of these things are inspired in your work. So I was wondering if you were a plant, what do you think that you would be and why? I love this question. Um, I mean, I think like in my heart, I'd want to be like something flashy, like a very cool mushroom. Uh, but I think in reality, I am definitely more of like a moss, you know, like moss, like okay. I'm, I'm very emotional. I'm very tender. I'm very like, I love coziness. And I feel like moss is like, it's spongy. It like soaks up water. You know, I'm like, I feel like it, it's very cozy. You could take a nap on it. Um, yeah, it would definitely be like a, a mossy field. I love that. <laughs> I love that question. So much. <laughs> yeah. I like, I'm just so like, I'm, I'm, so I'm a, if you're into astrology, I'm a cancer, Pisces rising, Scorpio moon, uh, all water signs, all emotional. Um, so I'm a very watery, uh, like fluid type of person. And I yeah. feel like moss is the, like, it, it soaks up and I don't need too much Definitely. sunlight. I get like very stressed in the sun. I like sort of like overcast. So I'm, I'm a moss. I, I, I would want to be something flashy, but it's not who I am. I'm a, that's I'm fair. That's fair. Yeah, I know. I feel like it's, I often get mixed up with like, what's my favorite thing. Yeah, and then um, like what I actually am. Cause I'm like, you have to look deep into your heart. Why? Yeah. It's not yeah. really, it doesn't really add up. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, my head is saying one thing, but like who I am saying, yeah. like, let's, that is the truth. That is who I am. I am a moss. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I had a great time. That was our last question. Um, I learned so much about the whole thing. I loved it. It was great. Oh, this is so great. This is so much fun. I feel like I could just like talk for hours about this. <laughs> this is amazing. I really thank you so much. This is wonderful. Yeah, of course. Thank you. <laughs> I had an absolute blast sitting down with Ivy for this episode. It was an inspiring conversation and felt more like I was chatting with a good friend. I'm not sure if I found my calling or if you found yours, but we're definitely one step closer. Thanks so much again for listening to the pod, and I hope you continue down this journey with me.